Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Hearth Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing and vital signs bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Very special guest today, uh, Drew Hansen. Drew is the Executive Director for the Canadian Interscholastic Athletic Administrative Association, you know, the uh, Canadian counterpart of our NIAAA. Uh, Drew, welcome to the program. It's great to be on. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to it. Uh, well, we're very excited to have you, you know, tell us about uh, things up north. Um, well, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So, Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you grew up, uh, where you went to school and college, and, and maybe how you got your start in uh, athletics. Great. Yeah, I, I was born and raised and have lived all my life in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, and uh, yeah, I went to, uh, obviously went to school here, both, uh, both uh, through high school and then into university. Uh, I played basketball as my primary sport in high school. Um, won a provincial championship, so I uh, like to throw that out there, <laughs> relive the glory days. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, when, I, uh, when I was looking for what university to go to, uh, basketball was kind of a primary part of my search, and uh, I decided to stay home. I was going into the Faculty of Engineering at the University of Alberta here in Edmonton, and um, there was an opportunity to redshirt um, at at uh, at that university, uh, which is one of the top basketball programs, and kind of when I arrived on campus in September, um, it just uh, it wasn't a fit. So um, I didn't uh, uh, the the personalities weren't a fit between uh, between me and and the team, um, and I just uh, I had the opportunity to start coaching at my old high school, and uh, that's what I did instead. Um, at university, ended up uh, not really enjoying my engineering route and, and switched into an undergrad in, in sciences with a focus on math. So my undergrad degree is actually in math. And, um, you know, I finished that. I was enjoying coaching. I had uh, not much of a plan <laughs> so far. And um, so I took a couple years off school and decided I wanted to pursue a career in, in coaching. Uh, so I went back to the University of Alberta, which has a, a fairly new but very, uh, 
very strong master's degree in coaching. And uh, I was able to complete that degree in 2015. Um, but uh, a really big part of that education process, uh, beside, I, I was an assistant coach at the university here, and that was amazing. Um, but a big part of the education process was uh, in the administrative side of athletics and the business side of, of sports. And uh, that's kind of what got me on this path. Uh, I spent a year after university working, coordinating high school athletics uh, for the city of Edmonton. And uh, then this job came available. And so I'm about three and a half years into my tenure with the CIAAA. And uh, I guess that's the quick story of how I got there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, attending uh, some of our national conferences, uh, taking an LTI course or even teaching an LTI course, uh, there's been athletic directors from Canada in those courses. And I'm just, I guess I'm kind of thinking maybe the last five or six years or so, that's what my memory tells me. <laughs> um, the NIAAA, uh, you know, recently, you know, uh, celebrated its 40th year. Uh, how old is the uh, CIAAA? And, and again, you know, how did you decide to and how did that uh, move happen for you? So the CIAAA um, officially started in 2014. So we're into, you know, our sixth or seventh year here. And uh, uh, before that, it was a concept just in our province of Alberta. And we had the AIAAA um, that started in 2008. And so, you know, that's kind of the, the history of, of the organization in Canada. Uh, there was athletic directors from Canada, especially from Alberta, um, coming down to NIAAA conferences for about in the late 90s and starting to think, you know, we, we need to do something like this here. And uh, so that conversation started, um, came to, you know, it, it was difficult. I think it didn't have some support early on, but then the right people got in place and founded the organization here in Alberta in, in 2008. Um, we started adjusting our own we um, started adjusting the, the uh, LTI courses, um, you know, some are completely Canadian, like the legal course, obviously it has to be totally different because our law is different. Um, you know, courses like 501 and 502 or, or 608, you know, that they're, uh, they're quite similar. So we just adjusted here and there as needed, but then, um, you know, kept a lot of the, the great content that was already there. So. Um, that's how the program has kind of developed over time. Uh, I think it started with us having six of our own uh, LTIs. Uh, now we offer 19. So, you know, we're working on growing that. I know NIAAA was probably around 20 at that time, and they're probably around 60 or 70 now. So, we, you know, we have work to catch up, but, um, but uh, we have a, a really committed uh, group of volunteers that, that supports our organization, and, and we have a lot of more and more athletic directors taking in the content. And uh, yeah, when I was uh, starting to uh, working to grow my career, this, this opportunity came available. And, you know, I just, I think it's really important. I think um, obviously I, I spent 10 years coaching in high school and, and was, was coaching after that. And I think um, the trickle down from the leadership of athletic directors is felt right down to the athletes. And so, you know, the stronger the school leadership is, the better the coaches are, 
the better the experience for the athletes. So, you know, I think the organization is really important and I, I thought it was a good opportunity and it, and it has been, I've, I've loved this job. I've met uh, great people and, uh, and hopefully we've done some good work in the past three and a half years. Well, uh, full disclosure for our listeners, you know, Drew has actually uh, made the decision to move on from uh, the CIAAA uh, and start a new uh, chapter in his career. Uh, so by the time this airs, uh, his successor will have uh, taken over. Uh, Drew, what are some things that under your watch you're particularly proud of, uh, either expanding a, a program that existed or helping develop a brand new program? Uh, you know, what, do you, what can you look back and, and take great pride that you know, this happened under your watch? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good question. There's definitely a few things. I think when I started the job, um, what I quickly realized, and it, it wasn't surprising for me, but it may be odd for, for American listeners, um, athletics aren't well supported in Canada as they are, you know, in the States. Um, and so athletic directors, mo most, uh, I would say over 95% of athletic directors in Canada uh, their full-time job is teaching and uh, they, they have either a full or nearly full teaching schedule. Um, and they kind of do the athletic director position out of the goodness of their heart because they were voluntold. Um, maybe, you know, maybe there's a little stipend or a little extra time. But um, so, so what that means is a lot of them don't uh, naturally have the time or the desire to get involved with professional development. Um, and so when I took the job, um, there were two things I noticed. One was we really need to make it clear, you know, eventually this is going to save you time. It's going to make your job better. It's going to show you you have a community um, of people who are similar, you know, in their role to you. Um, but also we needed to do more for our members. Um, you know, if someone really truly could not take a course in a year could not you know find the four hours when we were offering it to take a course um what what could they do um how could they take advantage of the ciaa and we started looking at you know how could we provide benefits for our members and so i think the thing i'm proudest of is we built a resource bank for our members and uh, uh that tool it's it's really incredibly extensive. I hope it's going to grow and grow. You know, we're trying to engage more people to add content and send in what they do at their schools because, um, you know, our athletic directors, uh, if they can find something that they've thought of, but someone else has already done well and we can, we can share it, you know, that's, that's great. So I'm, I'm really proud of the resource bank. Uh, I think it's going to be a tool that serves athletic directors here well and, and grows and lasts for a long time. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the networking component of a uh, professional organization, uh, I don't think you can overemphasize that. Uh, you know, we've had great fun with uh, the podcast, but at the same time, uh, you know, people have told us, you know, hey, that was a great uh, tip that I got from that athletic director. So, yeah. um, Drew, we also talk in our profession about the importance of leadership and uh, mentoring. And I'm always curious, uh, who are some of your mentors uh, growing up, either, you know, teachers or coaches that you might have had, or even people that you worked with, or worked for, uh, you know, whose voice do you still hear in your head, when you're talking to your uh, ADs or your, uh, your clients? Yeah, I think, uh, 
I think I've been lucky. I have a few people to draw on. Um, you know, one, one couple natural ones, one, you know, my high school coach, I think a lot of people always think back to that person. And, um, my high school coach, uh, Dave Youngs was, um, he, he, uh, you know, he, he introduced me to a lot of the, the leadership concepts that I think of now. We, we read a couple of Mike Krzyzewski books while we were players in, in high school. And, you know, the, I always remember the, I think it's called the five point play about the, the strength of the fist versus the five individual fingers. So I, I always, uh, you know, think back to that when, when looking at building a team and building a collective unit and things like that. Um, my dad, uh, I find my dad to be, you know, the most impressive person in any room he's in. So I always think about, you know, how he would handle a situation and, and I draw on that. And interestingly, uh, our, our president of the CIAAA, Scott Bazubiak, was my high school athletic director. So that was kind of a, uh, you know, a twist and turn that brought us back together. But um, I always think of his leadership and how he ran such a successful high school program across, you know, two genders and 15 or 16 sports. And so, yeah, uh, I have a lot of good people to draw on, luckily. Oh, yeah. And again, I just love to hear the, the stories of how those individuals, you know, helped uh, you along. Uh, just a, always a great reminder that uh, we didn't get here by ourselves. Yeah. Uh, let's go and talk about COVID. Uh, we've certainly uh, seen its impact uh, across the country and, and of course it extends across the border as well. Uh, we've seen a wide variety of responses in the United States. Uh, some states have uh, gone ahead with sports, uh, business as usual almost. Uh, others have shut down sports completely for the fall season. Uh, some states have moved the sports around. Uh, in Florida, my state, we ended up delaying fall sports for a month. And then even after the restart, uh, there were a number of districts in our state uh, that chose not to start up as soon and are just now getting back on campus. So uh, tell us if you can, you know, what's happening in Canada uh, as far as, you know, students going back to school as well as, you know, sports starting back up again. Yeah, uh, it is, uh, it is pretty different across Canada as well. Um, we, it's a, it's a huge country by geography. So uh, lots of differences in Atlantic Canada. Um, they've been able to uh, keep, keep, cases away for the most part. And so, you know, at this point, they're able to be a little more active. Uh, same with some of our Northern communities. Um, the bigger cities, I would say are struggling just like, you know, bigger, bigger cities are in the States. And so uh, it's been really different. Uh, we have, we have some uh, Canadian, I, you know, I, I would say even within the provinces, it's not, it's not consistent. It, it's more school board or district by district. Um, you know, some have, some have decided to come back uh, full on. A lot of places have allowed parents the choice uh, for their child to, to uh, partake in online learning for the year or for the semester. Um, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I think everyone's back in school unless they chose to be online at this point. No schools you know, haven't opened or anything. Um, but uh, there's very few places where there's competitive inter-school sport right now. I think some schools are allowing practices uh, within their schools, uh, and, but some aren't even allowing that. So, and I think fall championships have been canceled in, in most uh, jurisdictions. 
Yeah, we've seen, uh, again, individual schools and districts, um, you know, opt out of our uh, state championship series and, and they've focused on, uh, you know, regional or, or county championships. Uh, I know New York uh, State has some of that going as well. Um, what What's your prediction, if you will, you know, based on current knowledge, um, uh, how do you see it playing out? Uh, as the school year uh, progresses, you know, moving to the different sports seasons? Yeah, I think uh, in Canada, we've generally been cautious with our response overall to COVID. And so I think uh, it's not surprising that most school sport hasn't started up, at least on a competitive basis. Um, I do think that the provincial uh, school athletic associations are working hard uh, to plan for some spring championships. Uh, I don't think we'll get all of our sports in um, and there will be places where they struggle, but I think uh, the goal, I, I think the approach has been see how it is being back in school in the fall and that will give us some sense of what we can do in the spring. So, um, you know, I don't have, you know, it's gonna be different in different places for sure. Um, but I do think we'll see some basketball provincial championships in the spring. I think we'll see some places try and, you know, try and run some of our fall sports in the spring. So that might see a football season uh, in the spring instead of fall or a volleyball season. So uh, it'll be different. Uh, but I do think we'll see some sport uh, in the spring, regardless of what's at or, you know, as long as things don't get a lot worse, I guess. Okay. Well, obviously uh, we wish you all the best, uh, uh, with that as uh, the seasons continue to progress. Drew, another question we've been asking uh, our athletic directors um, relates to this idea of, you know, social awareness and, and social justice, I guess, if you will. Um, you know, when COVID, you know, shut things down back in the springtime, uh, you know, uh, it was also very big in the news, the events and Minneapolis, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Atlanta, and then uh, just even a few months ago in uh, Wisconsin. So my question is, is this, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors, you know, with our communities, with our students, our coaches, what are some things that we can do a better job with in this area of uh, social awareness? Yeah, I think, um, well, it's interesting The CIAAA, uh, we, we start, you know, as the, as the movement began to focus on social justice issues, we started talking about, um, you know, if we should be involved, how we should be involved. And we came back to our sort of our mission and our role, which is to provide professional development content. And so, uh, you know, our first step was we built a uh, I would say a small resource uh, that led to a lot of larger resources on how someone might tackle um, the issue, you know, social justice issues within their athletic program or on a, on a team. And uh, we put together a two page document that, you know, people could spend either 10, 20 minutes on or could spend three days clicking through all the links and, uh, you know, and really dig into the issue deeper. And I, and I think, um, you know, we're proud of that because it, it sort of guides the answer to the question that you asked, what, what can we do at the school level? What can we do as athletic directors? I think it's crucial to, um, to tackle it, to have some conversation in some way. I think you can, um, I, I think that um, to suggest that we all, that, that we're in, you know, 
that our team or our school or something somehow operates in this uh, bubble without, you know, without any bigotry or with, uh, you know, is, is crazy. And, uh, you know, we, we may all be, we may all be, you know, solid people who are thinking the right things, who are accepting of everyone. Um, and we still make mistakes and we still carry, you know, our, our issues with us one way or another. And I think if, if coaches and athletic directors can start conversations with their student athletes and, uh, and, you know, talk about, um, you know, where might we have seen an example where, where being a certain color of skin or being a certain socioeconomic status um, has given you a privilege that someone else may not have, you know, simple questions like that, just to get student athletes to get kids thinking about uh, what, you know, what their, what their privilege is, what their luck in life is, and then you know, maybe see how some people around them don't have that. And that maybe it tweaks behavior a little bit or it tweaks understanding a little bit. I think we can all, I think we can all grow as people when we take part in those conversations. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, great ideas to keep that discussion going. Let's go and lighten it up a little bit. Um, what are some of your favorite um, things about being the executive director for the CIAAA, you know, what's gotten you uh, excited about uh, coming into work each day? For sure, uh, you know, the best part on a on a regular basis, the best part of the job is just working with people who who are passionate about the same things I'm passionate about, and uh, you know, so that's always that's always exciting. I'd say the highlight of 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 the job and of my year is obviously the build up to the national our national conference, and then you know, and the event itself. Um, it's kind of the only, you know, it's the thing in our, you know, in our adult professional world that is like a, a sporting championship. You know, we have, uh, we have a ton of planning that goes in, a ton of people working together uh, to make it the best event possible. And then, uh, you know, we get to the event and it's just a crazy few days and uh, no one's sleeping and everyone's excited. But uh, so, you know, the national conference has been a real highlight for me. And, uh, you know, I've been really happy with how, how they've gone. It was um, unfortunate, you know, we had to cancel ours uh, last year. Uh, the timing was sort of right at our, our national conferences are in April. Um, and so the timing was right at the start of things uh, getting worse, but um, we canceled the event. We ran some stuff online instead, not really a conference, but just a bunch of courses. Uh, and this year we're looking at an online conference. And so uh, it'll miss some of that human touch, but hopefully we'll get a lot of professional development opportunities for people. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's been my favorite part overall, uh, dealing with people and then you know, working towards the conference every year. Oh no, absolutely. And you know, uh, all the best with your national conference. Now, have you made the decision at present to go online um, for this coming April 21, or is that still uh, up in the air? Yeah, we have, it's, there's, um, it's, it's too big of an event to plan it three quarters of the way and then cancel it again. Um, I think uh, it was easy, easier to get out of our plans last year because, um, you know, it was a new thing and a shock to everyone, but I think if we went ahead and planned it, um, then we'd kind of be committed. And I'm just not sure that there's enough people who can, who can travel and there's enough ways to do it really safely 
that would allow us to run a successful event. So instead, we're embracing the the idea of having it online. We'll we'll try some new stuff. We'll uh, we'll get some good speakers, and we'll make it the best event we can. And I, I do I do think and hope uh, that we'll see uh, bigger attendance than we normally do, just because the accessibility for people is so easy. And uh, you know, if, if all things go well, hopefully that will unlock more people to being interested in the live event when it comes back in 2022. Well, for any of our listeners that um, would like to, um, you know, take advantage of the professional development opportunities, how do they uh, get signed up? How do they find out uh, information about the CIAAA National Conference? Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we hope that we'll have some American and international attendees this year, especially. Um, uh, information will start to go up on our website, ciaa.ca. Um, registration is going to open in early January. Um, and uh, it's going to be uh, a very inexpensive conference. Uh, we we're just finalizing those details, but we're dropping the price quite a bit, uh, sort of in recognition of all the things that uh, we don't have to... Uh, we don't have to cover um, for a, that we would for a live event. And, uh, you know, I think it will be a great opportunity to take in tons of great workshops, um, listen to a few amazing speakers and, uh, you know, and do it for a very reasonable price, especially if you're paying in American dollars. It's <laughs> it'll almost be nothing because our dollar is quite low compared to yours right now. So, uh, yeah, I just encourage people to check out ciaa.ca, and by the time this airs, um, all the information will be will be on that website. Okay. Again, one more time, ciaa.ca for the Canadian Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association National Conference. That's going to be in April uh, 2021. Okay. Well, Drew, this has been great, uh, you know, visiting with you, getting to know you a little bit, uh, but we're not done yet. We always like to wrap up with what we call the new athletic director's toolbox. Now, you certainly had a, a great career so far in uh, athletics, but right now I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new athletic director on their very first job but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. What three things are going to go in Drew Hansen's athletic director toolbox? Good and tough question. I would say, uh, I would say number one, a strong sort of personal and program philosophy. I think um, everything you do has to be guided by that. And so, you know, come into your first job with the philosophy, um, it won't be the same one you take away from your last job, but I think starting from somewhere and uh, having you'd probably find out a lot of uh, a lot of tools and documents that that you needed to do. I don't know if that's cheating because that includes a ton of tools within it, but that's what I'll say. And uh, three, um, holy smokes, I think. Uh, a really positive attitude. Um, it's a tough job. It's a busy job. Uh, it has highs and lows. It will have uh, it will have issues that you didn't think or didn't want to have to deal with come across your desk. Uh, but it'll be really rewarding. And uh, and you know if you're patient and positive about it, you'll see a ton of student athletes succeed through your program. So.
All right, Drew, I think we missed a little bit of number two there to the internet. Can you share that one more time? For sure. So yeah, number two uh, would be the CIAAA Resource Bank. I think, uh, you know, if you if you siphon through everything in that uh, in that website, you'll find uh, documents that'll that'll guide you from first steps through your whole first year. Uh, you'll find reading that motivates and guides some of your leadership decisions. Uh, uh, a lot of tools there to uh, to help you through. So, like, I don't know if it's uh, cheating to name a, a resource bank full of different tools, but that's what I'm going with there. So, yeah. Okay. Great, great advice. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to share it with us today. And um, all the best on your new adventure. Thank you very much. It's been really a pleasure to talk to you, Jake. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, honestly, a pleasure to work in in this field and for this organization and uh, all the best to athletic directors out there. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. To our listeners, uh, as always, thanks for tuning in. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Remember the Zoom conference recording will be up on the Educational Athletic Director FIAAA YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening.